welcome guys podcast number two <laughs> this is tatiana yeah and i'm eugene and you know we're just we're just hanging out here no prepared statement today <laughs> and we're just brainstorming on what it takes to be an entrepreneur yeah and like who knows this might not even have made it into the episode because we have a great editor who's definitely listening to all of this <laughs> all yeah. right so so yeah you have some sort of a like a topic that you want to talk about today yeah i feel like our first episode if it becomes our first episode kind of brought up some things that may be applicable to a lot of people people who are working for somebody cannot really make a move to be their own boss because of some reservations like having to you know earn money to live on and stuff like that and or other things or just not having or not finding the right hobby or passion to pursue or an idea for that matter to pursue. And I was a little surprised that like you were reserved um, when it comes to an, uh, being an entrepreneur. And I mean, it's, I shouldn't be surprised, but because it, you know, you do have to provide some financial stability, but at the same time, I believe that you can really start doing something and explore an opportunity or a possibility or a passion while working for somebody else until you can have enough confidence in that passion slash business to do it full time and to leave your work. I think anybody could do that. It's all only a matter of actually looking for, for something like that. Yeah. And I think, and maybe this is the same thing and I'm just not getting something, but being like a consultant to where I have whatever skills I think I have and I go out to like Craigslist or like insert random like freelancer website and I do those things. So like I know that I have, let's say, software testing skills and I can go ahead and find jobs and they're probably super low paying jobs and they'll be like, I don't know, $7 an hour and I can write some code for someone to use. And that, and I can have a bunch of these sort of contracts, I guess. And then eventually I'd build up a reputation and like I could increase my pricing. And like I see a path to where I can become like a full time consultant and maybe even like eventually hire a staff and have other people do the code. And I can just like spend most of my time finding new contracts. And that's like, one business that I see, but that just sounds so much less appealing than, oh, look, I made this app and now the app is successful. And now I'm like working to sell this app. And maybe it's the same thing. Like at the end of the day, you're just like providing some service, but the consulting part, like I'd rather have a full-time job than have a bunch of small jobs. And yeah, and maybe that's just like a perception issue. Maybe. I mean, the thing is that, do you agree that any job after a certain period of time, and I was told by someone that it's about five years, becomes vanilla, becomes uninteresting and boring or, you know, whatever else you can call it, but, and it applies to business too. And some people are totally fine with just having, just working for that one company all their life. And some people are fine with just running their business as usual, as they've done for 20 years or for, for seven years or whatever. But I feel like I would get bored in both cases, like, which is why I'm doing other things and, you know, writing a book and launching a couple of courses because I feel like just doing my business is becoming a little boring. Right. And the advantage of having like a jobby job is you go out, you get bored. And I think it takes way less than seven years. Like, 
if someone stays at a company for two, three years, I start to worry that they're not going to stick around much longer. And like at my job now, we have a very many people that hit their like five year mark and everyone seems happy. It's like, Oh, congrats. You've been here for five years. And like every year you stay there is just more chances that you're soon going to quit. And for good reason, like you, you come into work, you know, all the people, you know exactly what you're doing and that gets boring. But when you switch to a new team, a new company, a new like field, even you get like half a year where you're just like totally clueless. You're just like learning people's names and what they do. And then you can spend the next year, like really figuring out like, okay, what is my role here? And how do I like grow like my responsibilities to match what I want to do? And then three, four years in, you're just like, okay, well, I know everything. Everything is determined and fine. And like, maybe you cap out on your salary and like, you're not getting as big raises as you want. And maybe you've capped out in your career and like, okay, well, you know, a software engineer can only make so much money and maybe I won't be able to double my salary anywhere. So you're like, cool. Now, what can I do that's interesting? And like, maybe it's switching and doing a different like job, or maybe it's just doing the same thing that you know how to do at a different company, different boss, different team, different like environment. Maybe you'll get snacks at your next company. Who knows? And and that'll keep you occupied (laughs) snacks are important like this is the first company where we have no snacks we get like i think bagels that are super stale on fridays and that sucks but other companies we just had unlimited snacks you had peanut m&ms whenever you want i don't don't, you know i mean maybe you're too young to experience this and or maybe you didn't or don't experience this because you're a guy or maybe you do experience this so I have, my experience is that every time I went to a new company, I had to like get over butterflies in my stomach every morning thinking about having to go to a place where there are new new people, new stuff, new everything and new bosses and, and I don't know, trying to not impressed, but trying to live up to expectations and stuff. Like just a couple of years ago when I was right before I actually transformed my business and took it to to a new high or a new level or whatever, uh, I got a job offer and I was going to accept it. But then I thought about having to go to this new company and like, start working there and I like cringed and I didn't. And then my business got transformed because I got involved into, you know, different programs and stuff. But like just the thought of having to go to a new place and new company and new people was like, no. Well, yeah. And and that's like the first half a year. And like in that half a year, probably no one's going to talk to you. Probably you're going to like eat lunch by yourself a lot. And, your job is sort of to like show up on time and just like wait till someone realizes that, Hey, this person knows how to do these things or maybe it's on you to be more social and try to like squeeze yourself into like a pre-existing group. And like that takes half a year ish. And maybe it's faster because you find someone that you already know there. Maybe like, there's like groups or some sort of activities that like allow you to socialize more. But like I was at this company for a little bit more than two years now. And yeah, for the first couple of months I did literally nothing. I just worked with like the one lady that hired me and that, that, that was it. And then eventually like I got invited to like a couple of happy hours and we do like wine Friday and through those sort of like not work activities, you, you meet, and like become sort of friendly with other people. And then, and then you get over it and then people know who you are and what you do. And it's kind of good to just know everyone's name and, and, and what they do. And that takes a long time. uh, To me, it's a lot of stress. I don't know. I don't know about you, but yeah, that's the idea. (laughs) So much easier to just run your own business and consult on a million different projects than to, 
try to fit into this existing company's culture or whatever. I mean, don't get me wrong. Getting a paycheck every two weeks is feels nice, but at the same time, the there's still uncertainty. There's still risk of losing a job, especially now. It seems like now we are at a point where there are a lot of tech startups. There are a lot of startups in general. And because of the stats that startups don't make it over half of startups don't make it over a five-year hurdle is frightening because you never know what's going on in the company's financials. And it's usually kept under wraps, which it should, Uh, but you never know what the next financial decision that the owners make is going to mean for you and your job. Right. And a lot of startups now with venture capital and just the mentality of we're going to get a bunch of people to subscribe to our thing and we'll figure out how to monetize it later. Even like the big companies that like seem successful, they're not profitable. They're still burning money every single day. And like kind of the old school companies that have been around forever, they're not as profitable, but they are like, they, they, they don't, they don't have that appeal of like, Oh, we're a hip new startup. We're going to revolutionize whatever. But at the end of the day, these big companies have been making money for a while. And these new companies, they, they don't even care. They're just like, Oh, we're, we're going to get really, really big and then hope that we're going to like be able to transition and monetize these people that we have. So here's the thing. You're operating under one important assumption, and that is that the companies that you're referring to that are making money are actually making money. Um, the way you can judge judge it is by looking at their financials that are audited, and they're typically on an accrual basis, which doesn't mean that they are cash stable. I mean, yes, there are certain companies that are absolutely making a ton of money. Apple is one of them. But assuming that a company that's showing accrual profits that it's actually making money is dangerous. And like you're right about one thing, the fact that companies, a lot of companies don't have their end goal in mind when they start something, and that's a dangerous territory tale. Right. And like the projects that I do the hobbies. I never, I never worry about it. So like we're doing this podcast. I have an app on the Google play store. I don't put it like a lot of work into it and I only do it when I want to. It's like, Oh look, there's nothing good on Netflix. Let me record a podcast or let me (laughs) do some writing or let me just like, you know, write some tests for my uh, app. I don't know, application or write some new features. And I'm doing this, not really caring where I see a lot of the venture capitalists have that same mentality where like, okay, let's invest in a company that are super passionate people and they spend all their time writing some app and they're, they're like, they don't have a business model. They're just like, let's do this thing. And we're super excited about it and we'll figure it out later. And that's where I sort of get stuck. Like, can I monetize a podcast? Like, Maybe, I don't know, but that's not what I want. Like, I want to make a podcast that makes me feel good, that lets me talk out whatever issues I have. And like, I have interests and like, cool, I could just like have like a vlog, but podcast form and uh, whatever. But to say, I'm going to start a business and I want this business to eventually make as much money as my day job, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be as interested in it because like I know for a fact that to do apps probably won't make a lot of money. And if I want to make some money, I should probably make like a game. And if I want to make money, I probably shouldn't be on the Android store. I should probably be on the, like the, the app store for like iPhones. And if I want to make a podcast, I should probably look and see what's popular and, maybe have like a storytelling podcast that's 35 minutes long. That's like exactly the same as every other one just to get a slice of what's popular. Because if you hit for what's popular, it's probably going to be 
like more profitable in the long run. Maybe I'll have more viewers. Maybe I can like have a subscription model or something. But I think having a hobby develop into a job requires it to no longer be a hobby. And then it's no longer like a fun activity of, oh, let me add a feature because I think that like this button would look better this way to, I have to like forever be doing market research to see what other, you know, I don't know, other podcasts are like, what other to-do apps do and be competing with them forever. (laughs) I don't think that people start exploring their passion with a business goal in mind necessarily, especially if they're working for someone. I have worked and still work with serial entrepreneurs, but they've only realized that they're entrepreneurs and also serial entrepreneurs after they've been at it for about 10 years. So I have a client who mentioned um, at an interview that I conducted a couple of weeks ago that he was always looking for ways to make a little money, not necessarily as a goal, but he was like, I've been selling more cookies, Girl Scout cookies than my sister's. Um, and only like now, 15 years later, he realized or understood that he actually has entrepreneur, entrepreneurial spirit. And I don't think people like you start looking for monetizing their hobbies with a goal in mind, with the goal of it becoming a business. I think it kind of develops over the year, years of working on it or trying things out. I think that it, people don't necessarily call themselves entrepreneurs and go and try to start stuff. I think that they try things that they enjoy doing just like you are. And all of a sudden, if a vision comes to them and they see something that can be done, they keep exploring it and keep working at it, at it while still you know, getting a paycheck in. And then eventually... Some of those people launch a business out of that. And in cases that I've seen, clients that I've worked with, it has been the case for for many of them. And they're operating a much better business typically than just to set out to make money on something, you know, just to like start something on their own. So I think we are looking at not a kind of a core of an issue of, we don't we're not going to tell people that we are we want them to explore their passion and start a business we're just saying that at least it's my opinion that if you keep trying to do things to pursue ideas explore those ideas and see how they would work if you just kind of keep at it you will come across an idea that will capture your attention and help you develop it into a business eventually. But I don't think you will be at a point where you'll be thinking to yourself, I'm going to start a business and make something out of that. I think it kind of comes naturally as you, as you find an exciting idea or opportunity. Okay. So maybe there are like multiple ways to approach it. Like some people think of having an office job and that's just like death to them. And they would they wouldn't want that, and they try their hardest to do anything in order to avoid having an office job. And I don't like that's definitely not me. I have no problems. Like one of my only skills is coming to work on time, and surprisingly, not a lot of people can do that. And like I feel like that's a pretty good thing that I have going and. It's an easy, sustainable, like, yep, I can show up somewhere on time. I can be properly dressed. I don't do anything too stupid. Cool. And I have no problem. Mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah, mission accomplished. I can just I can just do that and fine. So then I'm looking at things that I like doing just for fun. Like, let's do some programming. Let's do some podcasting. Let's let's do some like doodling and post it on Instagram. And these are just like fun side things that don't have to become businesses, 
but they obviously could if I get lucky or like, I don't know, I could post something, podcast, Instagram post, whatever, and it could all of a sudden get big. Or maybe I'm posting for five years and then for whatever reason, the algorithm changes and bam, I'm like super discoverable and I'm like in their like target, like like the targeted group that gets promoted. And like these overnight successes aren't overnight. You have to like develop your voice and develop a way to kind of be yourself. And I think that's also different. And I think that's closer to what I'm doing. Like I'm perfectly satisfied doing what I'm doing work-wise. Like, I don't think I'm going to go off and like write some program that's like a framework for testing programs. Like, yes, it's my day job. I don't have like a huge passion in like testing software, but I'm, I'm like, okay, good at it. And yes, I could probably start a business starting to consult doing like software testing. And maybe I can write some like proprietary like programs that I can sell and license to other people. Hey, you know, you like uh, the way that I test stuff? Here is what I use. I'll license it to you. That doesn't sound appealing at all. I would rather come into work, have someone pay me for my services and get going. And that's why I don't see a difference between having three, four, five, ten consulting gigs or one full-time job, it's the same thing. Like, I'm just doing the same work that I'm not entirely passionate about, but, it, you know, it's fine. I like it. And my favorite part of work is, like, the team. I barely care about the product. It's it's mostly the people that I work with. And when I look at hobbies, I want to see the things that I like consuming and kind of be a part of it. Maybe I have some podcaster that I follow and I could record a podcast as a response to their podcast or make a blog post in response to their podcast and like tweet it at them. And hey, you know, maybe if I do that enough, I'll become friends maybe with like a person that I look up to. And then like with the magic of the internet, you could be connected to interesting people that you don't know just by doing similar things to those people that you like. And I don't know if that's necessarily a good way to start a business because me wanting to hang out with someone doesn't translate to money unless it's like ad sales from views. Actually, actually you're wrong. There is a guy, his name is... Um, I don't know his name. He has a podcast where he has an episode every day and he interviews successful entrepreneurs. So he launches 30 podcasts a month or 31, depending on the month. Um, and he interviews entrepreneurs around the world who share their stories, their success stories. And his podcast is super popular and he's making a ton of money. He even From, um, or sponsors, whatever. Yeah. But like, so like your desire to hang out with somebody um, could also be monetized. It could. Yes. But like for me, that wouldn't be the goal necessarily. I would, I would find a great deal of value. First of all, creating a thing, like, like doing a thing, recording a thing, putting it out there, even if no one hears it or sees it or anything. There is some like dopamine hit of like, bam, I did this thing. It's out there. I, I like, like finishing stuff is nice. So like if I have like an offshoot podcast, I would probably like tell myself, okay, I'm going to have 10 episodes. And when the 10 episodes are done, I'm going to like reevaluate. But once I finish those 10 episodes, or even if I finish one episode and post it, you get like a little kind of hit of like happiness like bam did a thing it's out there and that's even without anyone like finding it or seeing it or giving feedback like imagine if i did something like that and i had like five ten people be like hey this is really cool i liked it and what if those five ten people turn into like thousands that sounds less interesting to me because that sounds stressful but having like feedback from people it's also like a nice kind of feeling, I guess, even without the money, just like having someone appreciate or 
witness that you're doing something is its own kind of reward. Well, of course. I mean, we all are wired actually for success. I'm just listening to a book that talks about that. Uh, we all want to feel appreciated and loved. You know, it doesn't have to be any specific kind of love, but we all want some sort of um, feel, feel good about ourselves. Yeah, like like an acknowledgement that you did a thing and someone acknowledged, yes, you did a thing. Maybe I even like it. Like, pretty cool. That's what I want to. But that's where the difference is. Like, if I knew that something was a business and it needed to make money because I hated my office job and I really wanted to not have an office job, I would do maybe something more like more high quality in a way like that's like more produced. Like I could see myself writing like a, like an essay or a story or something and then reading it out. And that would be a thing that I could objectively say, I wrote this many words. I did, you know, five, 10 edits on it, had some revisions, and then I recorded it three, four times and like, you know, took the best bits of it. And then I have like a highly produced, really good piece of, content. And by really good, I don't mean like a lot of people will like it as opposed to just me talking about nothing. Really good as in it, it's measurable. Like I did five revisions. I recorded this three times. I spent seven hours editing. If I, and, and then you can do experiments and like me being the nerd that I am, I would have a whole bunch of spreadsheets and be like, okay, I spent six hours editing this podcast. If I edit it, less time, would I get less views? If I take more time in the writing process, like what is, what is the thing that makes the money? And I would treat it almost like a science experiment of, okay, maybe no one cares if I use an expensive microphone, but maybe they really care if I like have eight revisions and work out all of my grammar mistakes. Maybe no one cares. Maybe it's all the same and I should just focus on topics that people are interested in. So there's all sorts of metrics that could be gleaned from this needs to work. And then you go about a way to like sustainably make it like sustainable and like reliable where hobbies are just like willy nilly, like whatever, Mm -hmm. man, I wrote this test and it took me eight hours and I'm never making any money from it. And cool that's what i wanted to do that afternoon (laughs) well it's it's fine and you know it here's the here's the thing i never thought that i was a business owner up until about a year and a half ago so i never thought of myself as a as a business i thought of myself i'm just providing a service and i really enjoy the work that i do so nobody like like I've mentioned, nobody starts anything thinking, you know what, how do I monetize it? How do I make money? How do I bring money? People who have jobs have the have the luxury, full-time jobs, I mean, have the luxury to, you know, post their doodles and record podcasts and see see where it goes. And maybe if something sticks, then there is a way to monetize it and become a business eventually. But nobody starts out thinking, well, let's say very few people start out thinking that I'm a business owner. I need any type of business. I can make any business work. Nobody starts out this way. So you're not alone in that. And it's totally fine to explore your passions. I feel like if you don't explore any passions and you don't do anything with your free time, like you have a lot of free time, you don't have any, you know, children, dogs or whatever. So you have the luxury to explore. And I feel like your age is the best to do that. A lot of people just kind of go through that time and don't do anything with, with it. Don't explore, don't, are not curious. They just get through their day jobs. And then 10 years later, they're miserable. I mean, you've been at this company for two years. How long have you been working for a company? How many years? Since 2014. So So five five years. years. So you only have five years of work experience, real work experience, full time. Mm -hmm. So you haven't gotten a chance to get tired of starting a new job, new people, new 
stuff, same stuff every day. Well, yeah, because once uh, I get bored, I switch jobs, and that's that's the nice part. Like that half year period is a little awkward, but then a little? If, it's a little awkward. And then, but if you look at the first year as a whole, it's like amazing. You go from like a boring thing that you didn't like to a brand new thing that once you're able to overcome that initial awkwardness, it's like you have an entirely new like identity at this place. And on your like entrepreneurship thing, like me having a job is sort of like at some point you need to pay for your lifestyle and me being able to find jobs is like no accident. It's not like I stumbled into it like unknowingly, like sure you, you, you stumble into some job and then you see if it's good or not. And you like grow from there, but, I don't. I don't see a difference with me like calling myself an entrepreneur, having fifty things that I try every day, and two of them make money, and doing that same thing. And just one of those things that makes money is my day job. Like, and it's totally fine. So here's the thing: what I would like people like you to see is the fact that you are able to experiment, explore. And maybe one of those things will work out. I mean, maybe you're, you are not meant to be a business owner. Maybe you are. You will never know until you try, but you don't have to risk your lifestyle trying it out. And that's all I'm, I'm trying to get across is that people like you should have the ability to explore and should have the desire to explore and see if there are other things for them. And there is a way to explore that safely without really risking too much of the financial side of things. Yeah, of course. And like, I guess the classic example of wasting your time is like coming home from a day job, having a beer and like watching TV. But I I also don't see why that's bad. If that's all you do, if you have work, beer, TV, that's, you know, three things. And I think that some people are, perfectly satisfied doing that maybe for a month or two, maybe for a year or two, but for maybe for a decade or two, maybe for a decade or two, but for whatever reason, better or worse, I can't do that. So if I decided for myself that for the next year, I'm going to just have a day job, just drink beer and just watch TV, I will become almost like obsessed. And I would try to figure out all the different kinds of beers and learn all about the beers and learn about different genres of TV. And I would have all these opinions. And if I had met another person that just went to work, had beer and watched TV, I could, I could have a whole entire like podcast about my opinions about different beers and what's the best beer to watch with which TV show at what time. And having this ability to be, let's call it annoying, uh, like that's why I do all these things because I want to get deeper and I guess be more critical or mindful of what I'm doing as opposed to just like, ah, whatever, it's just any beer, it's just any TV, I'm just tired, I want to like sit and turn my brain off. No, I want to I wanna do more stuff. And even if I'm not good at it, I at least want to have some opinions. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? The hard truth here is that you do have some entrepreneurial spirit because some people are completely satisfied with just sitting home watching TV with a beer and, you know, for, for years, for decades. And that sounds like a luxury that like, that sounds like what I want. And in me being super critical and like trying to figure out what I like, I'm trying to get to a place where I can drink beer and watch TV or my equivalent and not have like a constant background anxiety of like, Oh, I'm wasting my life for a while. I thought that video games were a waste of time. And because that's just, you know, how we grew up and they're not, no. And I, and I (laughs) dug deeper and I listened to like people that play video games as a job and like streamers. And eventually I landed on a guy that he, he had a whole bit about how video games are not 
a waste of time. It's a thing that he likes. He can't do them too often because, you know, RSI issues, but he just really likes video games. He sees them as a form of art. He researches the creators. He researches like the frameworks behind the video games, the history of it. And he explained pretty, pretty well that video games is like art and storytelling and technology combined with entertainment that you get to participate in. It's not just consumption. Like, and he had this amazing, like, story for how video games are a huge part of his life. And of course, they're not a waste of time. He gets enormous value following game developers, uh, you know, playing through the story, like exploring the world that they created. No one thinks that reading a book is a waste of time, right? Playing a video game can be similar. And there's more to a video game than a book. And sure, really, of course, there, there's art, there's like the engine that drives all the physics in a game. There's the story where in same a book, you just have, book. right. Same thing with a book, but with a book, you just have words and you have to imagine it yourself. A game can be so much deeper because like it, there's more, there's more information. You can take a book, book and make it a video game. Yes. But a video game is somebody else's imagination, not yours. A book is your imagination. I'm not saying one is better or worse than the other, but maybe you're right. Maybe a video game is a form of art. I mean, looks like it is, but I always thought that there were a waste of time. Of course. And that's, and that's how they were like pitched by adults of like, Oh, kids shouldn't be playing video games. But after I accepted, that video games are not a waste of time. It doesn't mean that I play them all the time, but it means that when I play them and I'm having like a good time playing a game, first of all, I'm, not, I'm no longer guilty. Second of all, I'm able to appreciate the amount of work that goes into making a video game. And I would recommend anyone try make a video game. It's, it's hard. You have to have a compelling story. The art is crazy. Like I can make text adventures, but like having really nice art is a whole the whole thing and like having the game be smooth and have it feel natural and fun to play and there's so much that i learned from trying to make a game unsuccessfully like i did one of those like online tutorials of like make a game and i don't know 12 rounds of some like it was like a like a series that taught you how to make several kinds of games like a like a like a walkthrough and it was like it was mind blowing how difficult and complicated every little bit was. And then I was like, okay, well, this is like a whole field with many, many, many professionals. You can write a book by yourself. I doubt that you can make a like a game all by yourself. I mean, you can write a a book by yourself, but you cannot write a good book by yourself. It's also there also is a lot more to it, but what you just described is basically your proof that you can monetize any passion, any hobby you want. You can, if you're, if you kind of keep, keep your passion going, keep your momentum going, you can make money doing the craziest things, playing video games. I mean, my brother-in-law was playing in the con not contest, what is it called? Like a tournament tournament. Um, and the prize was like a million dollars or something like, like that's, that's cool. You know, like you can, so you can monetize anything. And it's just, I guess my speech is to, to empower and kind of encourage people to explore those passions, even if they sound stupid and silly to everybody else. Like that's, and you don't have to think about it being a business someday. It doesn't doesn't matter. It doesn't have to happen. You just have to be open-minded and be um, willing to be curious and explore even the silliest, stupidest dreams that you could possibly have. Like, I could never imagine that a video game is such a big deal. But so for me, like, your opinion and what you've just described is sort of a surprise. Right. And that opinion 
wasn't something that I came upon like by myself. Like I knew that some games are good, some games are bad, and like I know that I can spend hours and hours and hours playing a game, or I can buy a game, try it for two seconds, hate it, and even though I just spend seventy dollars on it, just never play it again because like it's terrible. And me being the narcissist that I am, you know, I'm like, oh, I can make it better. And you try it and like you find out that it's ridiculously hard. So you like figure out, okay, well, how can one person make this amazing game? And like, guess what? They didn't. Like there was an art director. There was like a person that did the physics engine. There's there's all this stuff. And then you get a greater appreciation for it by getting deeper from like the surface level oh, I watched someone play a game, it was dumb, why would anyone watch someone play a game? But then trying it yourself, really trying to do the thing that you think is dumb and like figure out what it's all about, it might not be for you. Like I, I could convince you all day long and you could try a game and be like, no, that's dumb. But different people have different interests and I think having this ability to dig deeper and I guess figure out more interesting things that go just like a little bit deeper than service level like entertainment that's where i am with like almost everything and maybe one step further would be okay i have this interest i have like an interest about the interest like a meta like i want to know behind the scenes about how this was made maybe a third step would be trying it out and trying to like make a similar thing and then the step that I've never quite like pushed myself to do, I guess, was, okay, I'm now a fan of this art. I know and follow a bunch of people that do this. I can now participate in making something in this medium. How can I make something that other people will be interested in? Because up until then, I'm just doing it for myself. And yes, by some chance there can be some percent of people that are also interested in the exact same thing that I am, but odds are they're not, or there's not enough of them. So then you have to level up and try to fit in your passions and interests into like a, a thing that other people are interested in. So then you stop doing it for yourself and you start thinking, okay, let me do some research what do other people want? And I guess that's where I'm stuck. Like, do I even want to pursue that line of thinking? I get it. I get it. Um, I understand what you're talking about. And I feel like a lot of people feel that way. Sometimes, do you, like, what you're saying is basically, is it worth the effort to even pursue this specific direction right is that right what i'm saying is that let's pretend that i have strong opinions about something and i have strong interests and just posting it on the internet like the thing that i made let, let, let's pretend that i went all the way to consumption to creation and i made a thing and i'm consistently making a thing that's perfectly fine but then is it worth going uh is is it worth going one step further and figuring out what other people want and changing the thing that I was really into into like a product that will appeal to more people so you you like take it away from yourself you had a hobby that you liked and all of a sudden you have a job to appease other people or fit into some box that you didn't start off with. I don't think it's, it's the only option to fit in a box. I feel like people who are most successful are passionate about something and that passion carries them through the hurdles that they experience in a business or just in pursuit of their passion. Like think of Richard Branson you know, he's a relator. He is a person who cares about other people a lot, his employees. And, you know, he was successful and he's still like, I follow him on LinkedIn and I love his posts. He really loves being part of 
the community connecting with people and just, you know, being there with them. So I don't know if it's if fitting in a box is your only option. I think breaking the box and creating your own something, whatever it is, 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 is another option. Right. So I am like fully on board with like, yep, I'm going to take a thing that I like and I'm going to participate and make it myself. And maybe even it would be an interesting experiment to on purpose try to make something that would sell. Like that would be an interesting hobby to be like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to research something, find some product that just, I think people will buy and it won't be for me. It'll be for other people. And just to see if I can do it. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's a good, it's a good pursuit. And the thing is that I was just talking to a potential client yesterday and he mentioned something that, his business skyrocketed when he stopped thinking about how to sell his services. He happens to be in the construction industry, um, how to sell, you know, a renovation or whatever, and started thinking about how do I provide value to the client? How do I make their life easier? And as soon as his mindset shifted, his business just went, you know, skyrocketed. So, I'm not sure where I was going with this. <laughs> yeah, and again, I think so many people never go the step into like finding out what does it take to make something. I, I think that everyone can go watch a movie and say that was a bad movie, but very few people want to take the steps to to like make a movie and see what's going on and like. Can you do it better? Probably not. You don't have to be able to make something to be a critic. But I think that step of making something, even bad, is a step that many people don't take. So if you do take it, you can be making things like something that's bad over and over and over again without really wanting it to get better. Because, you know, you're just doing it for yourself. And I, I mean, I find myself in that box all the time. I... I think I make a decent amount of stuff just like output wise, but I never stop and think I never make a spreadsheet of, okay, well, how do I make this more successful? Because success is never, success was never the goal. And thinking about entrepreneurship now, I'm kind of like, oh, well, challenge accepted. I want to now make something that someone will buy. And even if I don't love the thing, like how do I get them to buy it? Cause that's my new challenge. Okay. And again, think about not about not what what you're trying to sell to them, but try to think in a way of you know what I'm passionate about this. Is it something that people other people would love having? Is it something that would address their need or ch challenge that they're experiencing or problem that they're experiencing or whatever? So it's just the starting point is not how do I sell this thing? The starting point for that next phase. So you have an idea that's your first phase or whatever. The next phase would be to, like you said, to, to see if you can develop it into something that you can sell. But instead of thinking about develop it, developing it into something that you can sell, think about develop it, developing it into something that people will buy. So it's the same thing, but it you look look at it from a from a different standpoint. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, like, easy step one: do more stuff. Like, start more stuff and finish more stuff. And I think at some point you will just sort of figure out that you're better at doing like that stuff more than this stuff, or you like doing something. So like, for example, I'm sure I would be a pretty bad podcaster, but if I like it and you keep doing it, you will get better and you would get better just by doing it more, by finding out more about it. Like being able to find what's wrong with it is the first step in like making it better. So I think 
like that might be a good place to end and be like, okay, well, if you feel like passionate about something or you want to like just try a different activity that's not just consumption all the time, try try making stuff. Put it out there, maybe get some feedback. But again, you know, don't get discouraged, don't like have people shut you down, tell you that like, oh, well, this podcast is bad and you should stop. Like, no, you're just trying, you'll get better. And if you want to, and is that like the takeaway of like, don't give up on trying? I think so. And not just maybe don't give up, but also be curious, you know, be open to exploring an idea. And like, I know somebody and probably we should stop now, but um, I know somebody who started doing a live every morning at 7 a.m. on the ocean. You know, he was just going for a walk or 6 a.m., whatever it was. And two days, you know, he he thought, like, nobody's listening, but two days he missed because he had to go somewhere or whatever, go away. Um, and people were messaging him, like, where'd you go? Like, we're listening to your podcast. And all of a sudden, not podcast, but your live, Instagram live or whatever it was. And all of a sudden, this guy is operating a um an agency. Well, not agency. He's still doing his live, but he now can actually sell uh, ads and sell other services and stuff just because he started some doing something. So he was curious. He just started some, something that I would find probably silly, but all of a sudden it's transformed into this interesting venture. So my input to our listeners would be to just be curious, keep exploring, and not to ever, don't ever think that something is silly or stupid or is not worth trying out. As long as you feel comfortable exploring and it doesn't cost you a lot of money, and there are ways to not have it cost you a lot of money, and we'll talk about those in later episodes, but it's just the, the curiosity is key, I feel. Do you agree? Key and theme music. <laughs> okay. So with that, we will conclude this episode. Thanks for listening. And we hope you'll listen to our episodes again.